All right. Have you ever been in the middle of a difficult week only have an urgent situation? Situation <laughs> blowing my mind. I yes. don't know how. Yeah. That's got to go. <laughs> That's got to go in there. I need people uh, to understand what happens before that, the show. Is that Brandy? That is, yeah, it's Brandy. Or is it Monica? I could, I can't remember. It's one of those two. Is it both of them? Didn't they have that one song together? They did have a song together. The Boy Is Mine. Oh, The Boy Is Mine. That sounded like Brandy, though, what he just sung. You're right. It's Brandy. Brandy. Have you ever? All right. Have you ever been in the middle of an already difficult week to have it further more difficulted by an urgent situation that pops up right in the middle of everything else? Yes. Are you okay over there? (laughs) I'm not. Verbs, you're describing what feels like my last three weeks. I'm still trying to get over this cold. And you're doing the normal day-to-day, being busy. You get kind of sick or one of your kids gets sick. And then all of a sudden, everything that was already full or urgent now is just thrown into like a spin cycle of crazy. I think it's like those things and then your boss asks you for, you know, a new strategy to fix an issue that she wants by the end of the week. And then you're like, how, you know, how do I... You know, Megan listens to this podcast, Courtney. I would tread lightly here. <laughs> uh, she does. Um, it's not her <laughs> fault. It's just, especially when I feel like when you have difficult things happening in multiple spheres of life is when it really feels hard for me. It's like, okay, if there's just a lot going on with work, but generally my, you know, family life and, you know, all these other things are just trucking along like normal. It's like, okay, I know how to, you know, fix that situation. But when like multiple areas start going off the rails you know, that's when it's easy for me to kind of be like, oh, gosh, all of a sudden this feels like an impossible puzzle to figure out how to be successful and how to squeeze all the things out. I would say especially when you have a sick kid and you like legitimately can't work. You're like, OK, I got this big thing I've got to do over here, but I have a sick kid. It can get really unwieldy really quickly. But good news. We're going to talk today about your calendar when you hit that spot when you get to that point where you're like this is don't freak out you know you're having that little talk with yourself uh, to give you some tips on how to immediately triage your calendar for that week so pretty practical application here but I'm really excited to talk about it This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next 10 years. You can start today at fullfocus.co slash lifefocus. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs, here with Courtney Baker, 
and Blake Stratton. Happy Monday to you both and Nick. <laughs> Happy Monday unto you, Verbs. Happy Monday. Thank you. Thank you. So where do we start with this calendar triage? Where's a good place to begin? So we've got three steps we're going to cover, Verbs. A quick pre-step, though, is when life gets this way, you're going to want to just push through. You're going to want to just hustle and feel that hurried sense of, I don't know what I've got to do, but I've just got to go fast. And this only works, these three steps only work if you can recognize that that plan is not going to work out. So you've got to stop and recognize, listen, let's pull it back for a moment and pause to think strategically. So that's sort of the headspace you've got to get in. And the first step you're going to take is to identify the non-negotiables. I had a client who I was working with and he came to me because he was staying up till 1 a.m. many nights, just get, trying to go through and, and catch up on work. You know, he would be doing work, taking meetings, and then be in dad mode, not wanting to sacrifice that time. But then there was these urgent non-negotiables that were due the following day or day after that he would end up staying up late. And then, you know, you wake up the next day, you're tired, you're not thinking as clearly or as sharply, or you have low energy. And then things begin to stack on top of uh, each other. And then you throw a wrench in, something unexpected happens, and the whole thing kind of crumbles like a deck of cards. And so as much as I love to go scuba diving and go deep into, hey, what's what are those feelings and thoughts, right? There's actually a very, this is one of those instances where there's a very practical step you can do to get your head above water. And the first thing we did together was identify, okay, what needs to happen what absolutely, what are the commitments, the firm commitments you have already made that absolutely have to happen? Let's get those on paper first. Let's get those on paper first, even determining how much time estimated you think those are going to take. When do those occur on the calendar? Start by identifying those and then everything else will become clearer and more downhill from there. So that's the first step. Identify those non-negotiable things you've got to get done. So along with that, Blake, um, step two takes us into eliminating the non-essentials. We want to eliminate the things that don't necessarily need to be done that day. So what that could look like is, you know, either commitments or tasks that seemed important to you when you established them. Uh, maybe it might have been a month or so before. Maybe it's a standing meeting that in this particular season of time doesn't really need to happen, or maybe it could happen in a different way or format or just be removed altogether just so you can free up some of that space uh, to work on those higher leverage um, things that are on your on your list, whether it be on your big three or just an important task for that day. Now, that doesn't mean that they're less important. They just means they need to be shifted into another time space. So to this extent, you're going to want to see if those things can be rescheduled um, and see if those, again, those meetings could happen in a different way. Or again, if they even need to happen at all within that, that time frame. All right. And the last step is reschedule some of what remains. So obviously there are some tasks that will need to happen, but they don't need to happen right now. And this is really important going back to what Blake said. A lot of times we just think, okay, we got to move fast 
And these are the things that we try to just get through where really what you need to do is take the time to reschedule them. Take a look at those remaining tasks, which ones can be pushed to a different week. And I know there's some people out there listening that may be a little bit like me. You just want, you like to get things done. You don't like to push things off. But in this situation, it's critical that you be self-aware enough to say, all right, let's spend the time. It's important that this gets moved so that I can do it well, so that I have, you know, the headspace and ability to do the things that are non-negotiable well. So those are the three steps. Identify the non-negotiables, eliminate the non-essentials, and reschedule some of what remains. Well, you probably know the benefits of the compound effect of small actions through daily habits, but the biggest question is where are those habits leading you? Well, without a clear destination, it's really challenging to stay on course and keep up your motivation. So how do you decide which habits to prioritize in any given day, month, or even year? Well, the answer is a life plan. We here at Full Focus have created Life Focus, which is a brand new gamified approach to life planning. Each Life Focus kit comes with 11 card decks to help you define your personal mission, identify your personal values, describe your desired future, and determine your next steps, including the key milestones and essential habits to help you achieve your plan. By the end of this fun and easy process, you won't just have a vision for your life, you'll have the next steps and habits to pursue a life of greater direction, growth, and purpose. And right now, just for being a listener of Focus on This, we are giving you 15% off our Life Focus Kit and our course. So just go to fullfocus.co slash lifefocus and use the code FOT15 to get started. Hey guys, I have one of my all-time favorite people joining us on today's episode. And Elizabeth, you and I got to work together very closely for, mm-hmm. honestly, it was during the pandemic years. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> I do have that like time warp happening. I honestly can't even remember. Was it two years or 12? It feels like it was closer to 12, but it was really... <laughs> It was probably closer to two. I I think it was probably between two and three. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, Elizabeth is now Megan Hyatt Miller, our CEO's executive assistant here at Full Focus. I'm not sure how that happened, um, but I know that our CEO is so glad to have you working so closely with her. And for everybody listening, Elizabeth is so great at really being able to anticipate and think through the things coming down the road. And as when I found out that she was going to be joining us today, I was like, oh man, she also has two very small children. Matter of fact, Elizabeth and I, when we were working together, were both pregnant at the same time. Our due dates were three months apart. It was a journey that we were on. But since then, has had another child. Um, I say that in awe because my <laughs> two-year-old is 
very full of energy and I can only imagine yours is too. But so you've got a very full plate. You're also, you know, really sitting very closely with our CEO and helping her be successful. And so I thought today, rather than talking about the full focus planner, which we all love, Mm -hmm. I thought it might be interesting to talk about how you're successful with managing all the personal side of things. So first of all, hey, Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. So excited to be here. I love focus on this. I love Courtney, Nick. I feel like you and I have worked together uh, here and there over the past few years or so in Slack and whatnot. So I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So Elizabeth, out of the gate, I'm curious, what's your like, if you had like something that you were like, I really love the way I do this, that helps in my personal life, what would it be? Okay. It's actually something that I just did this morning that I've started doing semi-recently, I feel like since I had my second child. So I have uh, an almost two-year-old. He's 23 months and a six-month-old. So they're 17 months apart. So it's a lot going on. Honestly, it's less hard than I thought it would be. People looked at me when I told them, you know, they saw me with a very small baby and then they saw me pregnant and they were like, oh, you've really got it coming. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So I think I I had just set the bar really, really low. So it wasn't, it hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. Anyway, here's what I've started doing in terms of time management that I feel like has really, really helped me. A lot of times, you know, you're so tired. Everybody's tired all the time, right? Whether you have kids, whether you don't have kids, whether you work a full-time job, whether you don't, there's always some level of tiredness that most of us are experiencing. And so I think in the moments where you have a pocket of time, be it 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, two minutes, kind of the default could be, okay, I'm just going to sit down and scroll my phone, or I'm going to sit down and I don't know, stare at the wall. So recently I've started, when I have a small pocket of time, I've started looking at how much time I have and kind of challenging myself to see exactly how many things I could get done in that very small pocket of time. And it's almost like a little game that I play with myself. So this morning it was 9.15 and I had until 9.45. So it wasn't a huge window of time. And I have I have one or two kind of bigger projects that I'm working on, but then I have this task list that I just keep adding to, I've at, kind of added to over the last two weeks that I'm, I'm really having trouble knocking out because for some reason it's more daunting than the big projects. And I thought to myself, okay, I have 30 minutes. I bet I could get 75% of this task list done. Like if I just put my head down and knocked it out. And so I set my timer and I just did it and I got about 80% of it done. So then I felt really good because I beat my goal. So, you know, I think in work, that's kind of what it looks like. And then in life, it's like, okay, it's 830. I need to sit down at nine. My older son has just gone to school. My younger daughter's down for a nap in this 30 minute window. Let me see if I could make the bed, put the dishes away in the dishwasher, put the dishes in the sink into the dishwasher and pick up all the toys. And it's like, once I can kind of set a goal for myself and see if I can get there, I get a lot more done than if I were to just sit down and scroll Instagram on my phone, even though that might seem like it would feel better. (laughs) I love this so much. And I was last week, I was at Disney. We went with another family and I think we were talking about, we had to walk up a whole bunch of steps to something. And I looked at one of the kids and I said, you know, sometimes when it's something I am dreading or like not really wanting to do, I'll just look at it and say, but what if it was fun? And then I'll try to figure out, okay, well, what could I do in this moment to make it fun? So like 
in this situation, it was walking up a whole bunch of steps. I was like, but what if it was fun? And we all did like what our version would be to make it fun. Mom was like dancing up the steps, like silly, like doing it, you know. Um, some people, it was like to race up the steps. All right. You keep doing the dance, Courtney. People come to YouTube. <laughs> you give, there it is. <laughs> that was the dance. This? We'll see you on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. But I think this very much applies where I've like used this more is with things exactly like you're saying, it's like, okay, I have this task list I don't want to do, but what if I made it fun? You know, what Mm -hmm. if I gave myself a little challenge? Um, And I don't know, this is probably where people think I'm leaning a little bit Enneagram 7 of like always needing things to be fun. But I think it's a really great hack. I love the way that you're kind of, rather than it being like a burden or it's just like a little challenge of you've kind of gamified some, you know, maybe not super fun things that you need to get done. Totally. I also think, I don't know if this is true of everybody, but it's definitely true for me. I work much more efficiently when there's a time limit. You know, when I'm like, okay, I'm only going to do this until 945. I'm going to get a lot more done than if I'm like, well, I've got all day. So I'll go get some more water and then I'll do one thing and then I'll go, you know, look at my phone and do another thing. So I think the like, setting time limits actually helps me be much more efficient. Same thing with like, if you tell somebody like in your, your example of if to help you with this, if you're like, I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes trying to get as many things done and you post it in Slack to your team. Mm. Like my goal is to get, you know, 15 done. And then you come report back. It's Mm. like the harder you can make that constraint Mm -hmm. feel, the more effective it can be. I love that. Yeah. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. You might see me in uh, ClickUp posting my task list. So get ready yeah. for that. <laughs> it's the same. Nick talks all the time about using Focusmate. And it's kind mm-hmm. of a similar, you're basically yeah. using somebody else to be that constraint for you um, and really making sure you get done what you've kind of shared with them that you're going to get done. Um, I love using that methodology and and there's a different a lot of different ways as we've shared that you can use it to help you mm-hmm. get some things done. And I think we tend yep, to do totally. that on the long people will go, I'm gonna run a marathon. They'll say, I'm gonna run a marathon. And that's eight, 10, 12 months from now. And then so many things can happen between now and then. And mm-hmm. and we and we kind of we maybe not get there and go, it's fine. You know, I it's fine. But when you go in the next 20 minutes, I'm gonna do these three tasks. Yeah. Like if you come back to somebody and say, I didn't get it done, they're like, what happened? Like the scale of time is so short. Uh-huh. They go, there's not really a reason that you couldn't right. do it. And so it really holds you accountable. So I like, I mean, when you said that, I love that idea of for like household tasks, especially, or or like house things of being able to yeah. go, I'm just going to like this list of things I've been putting off. How many can I get done? I think that feels, that feels good. I'm going to do that today. When this recording is mm-hmm. over, I'm going to do that I love it. today. So Elizabeth, I feel like when you and I were working together, I was always trying to figure out meal planning <laughs> and I've shared some of my ideas, but I've heard that you have a new system that you're using. So I'd love for you to share what you're doing now, because I, again, some of these surrounding what feels like you have to eat, your family has to eat. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that in a way that's both 
efficient and effective so that it's not just this kind of drag on your whole entire week. Yep, totally. Well, first of all, I have to say, Courtney, when you and I were first working together, I think you you had one child and I had no children. So you would meal, you were like really great at meal planning and prepping on Saturday and Sunday. So you would be set up for the week. And I'm over here, no kids, no schedule, really like, why does she have to do this? I don't really get it. And now I have two kids and a busy life. And I'm like, oh, I see why it is vital to be able to get yourself in a place Saturday and Sunday to, to be successful in terms of eating, cooking meals for your family for the rest of the week. So I feel like you were really one of my inspirations here in uh, this meal prep, prep planning uh, setup that we kind of do now. So I think my the first thing that I found um, is really helpful and important is I plan out all of my, my meals and my family's meals for the following week on Saturday morning, not on Sunday. Sunday is crazy for me. It feels stressful to me. I want to be able to to have a relaxing Sunday and adding meal planning in on Sunday was was not working for us. So I do all of it on Saturday. I plan out what we're going to eat for the week, breakfast, lunches, and dinners on Saturday. And then I go to the grocery store on Saturday morning. I don't know if y'all are Saturday morning grocery shoppers. I don't feel like many people are because that's the reason I love it. It is empty on Saturday morning. (laughs) You go in there. You're not, you're not like, excuse me, excuse me. You've got the aisle to yourself. I take my two-year-old and he uses that uh, race car cart that they have at Publix, which is like double wide. And so you're not, you're not bumping into people. It's wonderful. And I feel like everything is really fresh on Saturday. I don't know if they restock it the night before. So I plan my meals for the week. I do my grocery shopping on Saturday morning. I come home and I immediately wash everything that needs to be washed. I chop everything that needs to be chopped and I put it all in containers that I know it's going to stay fresh throughout the course of the week. So I was finding that previously, whether I ordered groceries or went to the store, if I got a thing of strawberries, I would just stick it in the fridge. And then when it was time to eat the strawberries, I inevitably didn't want to do it because I was going to have to wash them and slice and I didn't have the time to do that. So I found that if I buy everything on Saturday, get home, take the 30 minutes that it takes to wash it all, chop it all and put it in containers that I can easily see it has really, really helped. So that's kind of the the prep work that I do. And then every day, um, so the, the work schedule that we're on, our, our working hours are nine to three. Our company's open nine to three. And so um, I try to shut down around three most days. And then I use every day, I set aside 3.30 to four to prep as much dinner, as much of our dinner as I can at that time. I found that if I try to prep dinner from 5 to 5.30 or from 4.30 to 5.30, the day just gets crazy. The kids are in bad moods or it's beautiful and we want to be outside at the park or walking around the neighborhood. And instead, I'm like, no, I have to be inside getting dinner ready. So if I can prep from 3.30 to 4, 3.30 to 4.30-ish, and then we come in at 5.30 and dinner's almost ready and I only have to do the last few little things, it's so helpful and so much less stressful. And I don't have a hangry toddler who's begging for dinner because it's almost ready. I'm not at the beginning of the cooking process. Um, so those three things, meal planning Saturday, grocery shopping Saturday, and prepping dinner from 3.30 to 4.30 have been a game changer in terms of how much I enjoy cooking, how how quickly dinner gets ready, and how much our family enjoys eating it because they're not waiting around for me to finish it. <laughs> That's awesome. Really what you just described is like mega batching. Yes. For meals. You've just done that on Saturday, which is a tool that you can use for any time, any type Mm -hmm. of, you know, task that you need to get done and need to get done efficiently. I especially like using mega batching when it's things I don't enjoy as much of just like, Mm -hmm. let's get it done, get it, 
compress it as much as possible and get it off my plate. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't love meal planning or even really cooking so much. Mm -hmm. And so I love that hack. I think there's probably a lot of people out there that are always trying new ways to make it efficient. Yeah. Now I will say I love cooking. I'm the cook in our family by choice. My husband doesn't enjoy cooking and I really do enjoy it. So I, you know, choose to carry pretty much all the weight of, of cooking and grocery shopping and all that. But with that, I, I put pressure on myself to cook every single night because I enjoy it, but also because I know that I can do it. And that had gotten really difficult recently just with work and two kids. And so another thing that I do that's really helped is I pick one night. I look at the calendar on Saturday for the upcoming week. I see what we have going on and I pick one night of the week that is a takeout night. And I know not everyone has that luxury, but that has been a game changer for us too, because I know on the front end, like, okay, Tuesday, you know, I have work, then I deal with the kids, then we have a swim lesson, then we have that. And I know that night we're going to pick up dinner. I'm not putting pressure on myself to rush home and get something. And that has really been a game changer too. So if you have the ability to do that, I would highly recommend takeout one night. It's awesome. Well, Elizabeth, it has been so nice to have you on the podcast. Is this your first time on the show? Uh, yes. This is my first time on a podcast, period. Wow. That is shocking. Welcome to your um, podcast debut. Thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to more conversations about how you get it all done. So thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. So today's tip to level up your focus Reevaluating your calendar is a healthy, productive practice, even if you're not putting out fires. Just to stay in that healthy zone, it's a good practice to take on. So today, eliminate just one non-essential task um, on your meeting or on your calendar to give you that space. So thank you for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So make sure you share it with your friends and don't forget to join us over in the full focus planner community on Facebook. We'll be back next Monday with another great episode until then stay Stay focused. focused. (laughs) We did not do good. That was terrible. I think we nailed it. This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next 10 years. You can start today at fullfocus.co slash lifefocus.